This is Cultivate a Good Life, episode 88, Understanding Addiction, with Mandy Gubler. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast, the show, the... Nope. The Becky and Becky show. (laughs) Did you like that? I just don't even know where I was going with that. So thanks for coming in with song and dance. You know what? As I do. As I do. Well, that's a fun intro for a topic about addiction. I know, right? Well played. Um, You guys, Mandy Gubler, one of our dear friends. When we say dear friends, you understand that most of these friends that we have on the podcast, Mm -hmm. it's not like they're our neighbors. We aren't hanging out and going to dinner on a regular basis. We have opportunities where we have met each other, crossed each other's paths, been in each other's spheres of influence for one reason or another over the past several months, several years. And Mandy is one of those women, one of those girls, one of those friends I met several years ago and loved her from the moment I met her. And the context in which I met Mandy actually was that I, we both spoke at the same thing. So our first impression was just the the speaking element. Yeah. So that's actually one of my earliest impressions of you, Becky, because I went, <sighs> do you remember when I went to that um, when you and Taylor spoke oh, yes. together mm-hmm. um, to a church congregation, mm-hmm. and I was intrigued by you and wanted to sit in. Like it literally was just that. I was. Yeah. We were very early in our friendship, and so one of my earliest impressions of both of you was sitting and listening to you speak. Mm. And you know what is part of speaking is storytelling. Yeah. So I got to know a really significant part of Mandy's story through her speaking, which does include the story of addiction which has been a very big part of their family's life. And so when Becky and I were at Alt Summit recently, um, this is one of those recorded uh, conversations that we did, you know, a little while ago. We did this early in March. And so this conversation we're about to play for you is that opportunity that we had to sit down with Mandy. And as with every guest, we invited her to tell us what she felt compelled to speak about. And you think sometimes... Are they sick of speaking about yeah. fill in the blank, right? The thing that they're always talking about. But she was genuinely grateful for the opportunity to be able to to speak to this. And I think it was one of the most special, mm. special conversations you and I have ever had with I love it. And this episode caused me to think about a lot of things in my life, to think about addiction differently, mm-hmm. um, to understand the difference between sobriety and and truly being um, being free from addiction or having addiction under control. Mandy, I think the thing that makes her so special to me is she has completely no fear of her story. She doesn't qualify anything. She totally like lives in her truth and has created a life with her family that is so free of shame and mm-hmm. so honest. Oh, I love it. And because of that, she is helping 
change the face and the dialogue about addiction Mm -hmm. and about struggle and about hardship which therefore changes people's lives exactly Mm -hmm. which change she's changing the shame narrative associated Mm -hmm. with addiction i have been waiting for this one to to go live so that we can all talk (laughs) about it because man we've been sitting on this one for like a month and a bit yeah and man it is time for the world (laughs) to hear this episode so we're so excited it's gonna be so good but first let's hear a quick word from this week's sponsor As we navigate through the unchartered territory of this global pandemic, we want to champion the cause of small businesses. These businesses, like many of our sponsors, depend on the ongoing sales of goods and services through this tough time. It can be instinctual with the future being so unknown to stop spending, hunker down, and keep our money safe. We get that. While we are in no way encouraging you to spend money you don't have, we do want you to consider that it is by continuing to support businesses that we contribute to the future success of our global economy. For sure, it's most important to consider what is right for your family. We are incredibly grateful for our key sponsors that support and make the podcast possible. We would love it if you would consider supporting them during this time when business has all but come to a screeching halt. We partnered with our handful of key sponsors because we believe so deeply in the value they bring. Shine Cosmetics helps us all look and feel our best through affordable cosmetics and their efforts to uplift and empower women. Rad Swim has an amazing line of modest and fashion-forward swim apparel, giving families everywhere the opportunity to shop the latest trends and promote a healthy love of personal identity and self. Ryla Pack has created a minimalist bag that helps women on the go have the essential items organized and reasonably sourced as we go out in the world and share goodness. Betty Zip Up Bedding created user-friendly bedding and home products that help us to make our homes more beautiful, functional, and peaceful. The founders of each of these brands have poured their hearts and souls into creating products that would bring goodness to the life of women everywhere, which is why we continue to feel so passionately about sharing their brands and products with you. We have a discount code for each of these brands and several others. And when you go to my Instagram page at Becky Higgins LLC, you'll see a saved highlight bubble called discounts. Save money, support awesome brands, and keep cultivating a good life. All right, we're back. Mandy, welcome to Cultivate a Good Life. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. It's our honor. Love my Beckys. (laughs) The Beckys love Mandy. We've tried uh, a few times to make this work in the past, and the stars did not align. So what a great privilege it is that we finally get to sit together and do this. I know. It's a big deal. It is super fun. (laughs) Why don't you go ahead and give everybody an overview of you and your work? For sure. So my name is Mandy Gubler. I um, have a blog and obviously all of the social everything associated with that. Which is what? Vintage Revivals. Um, We do DIY projects and renovations and just like everything from easy painting projects to like really intense renovation. Um, so inspiring, guys. Thanks. Just just go to Instagram right now if you're not driving or hiking. Right. Or changing a baby's diaper. Yeah. <laughs> go right now. I and think look you can manage if you're changing a baby's diaper. Can I just give a little plug clean. for Mandy? So the, my first introduction to Mandy was when Higgins said, oh, I'm painting my house Mandy White. And I was like, what the crap is Mandy White? <laughs> and then she's like, no, it's the white. And when Higgins says something is the white because she is right. much more detail-oriented than I am, I'm like, oh, she has vetted every white that has ever been created in the whole earth. And tell yes. me how that white looks in my new home. 
and also tell me how it looks in the new office building we just built that now the entire office is Mandy White. And when I gave them, so she came up with this formulation of literally the perfect white. Literally. You had to vintage, search it on Vintage Revivals. It didn't and it exist. Is, no, it doesn't exist. No, and you the give thing. them the formulation yes. and it is perfection. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. like the best white because it doesn't pull anything. Mm-hmm. It's just no white. Pink, there's it's, no blue. There's yeah. no yellow. It's not like, too bright. Mm, gorgeous. But it's like bright enough and like clean enough but it's just it's the perfect white it's so it white. there you it's go Mandy so if white. you guys like if that's your first impression of Mandy if you didn't know anything about her before you should just know that if you ever need to paint anything white <laughs> it's Mandy white and and how do you find that what exactly is the so, formula so it is well, a or, or you poison the word yeah well. yeah so it's on vintage revivals you can just search Mandy white and it will come up and then um it's a Sherwin a color I'm trying to like I think we should start a petition like this should be an oh I will be all this with that completely yeah it is so good because in fact I think at our store they had where they got the paint because I gave it to the painters and I don't know if they worked with you or that's how we found our painters or something but they had oh I think I've heard of that before yeah like see you're going viral I know for you if you're like in um especially like southern Utah everybody because like you that's just where can go Mandy in and lives. ask for it by name you don't even need to know the formula sherwin williams could we get on this please <laughs> come on you guys we have a brand new sherwin williams store right by our house we'll get on that okay oh, we will make sure that they know about it. mandy white yeah for sure yeah. so <laughs> also, okay so yes well hold on also yes. um so when i started following vintage revivals mandy is amazing at all the things diy and she also is a plant rescuer yeah i have i watched I those, that i watched those like in, that information and the things you post again and again and again because i'm a plant murderer that is trying yes. to trying to be better so she helps me to keep my plants so i just launched alive. a new by the time this podcast comes out we'll, we'll for sure have the site up Ooh. Um, but it's called happy happy house plant and it's Ooh. just everything that you need for your plants oh is mama awesome yeah. and she doesn't That's even so know my good. story about the plant lady desires I have, oh. right? Well, I won't get into that story, but I'm just telling you, like, I connect with that. I will be yeah. perusing the site. It's the best. That's amazing. Plants are the best. Okay, so okay. you are about more than the white paint and the plants. Well, tell so. about the Merc. The Merc okay. is amazing. Yeah, the Merc yes. is the best. So I actually started Vintage Revivals 10 years ago, um, and I knew nothing when I started. Like, I would go to the thrift store, and I would buy a piece of furniture, and I would spray paint it bright yellow, and my husband would be like, what is going on? <laughs> But I love 10 um, years ago. It, I know. 10 years ago, I spray so painted different. so many things I 10 know. years ago. <laughs> um, but it like kind of just took a life of its own. Mm. And we, um, three years ago, we bought a building in Southern Utah called the Santa Clara Merc. And it was like relatively abandoned for the better part of 30 years. Um, nothing really successful was in there after the original Merc left. And so, um, we bought it and I decided to turn it into my house. So we're so like cool. mid renovation. We have half of it done and live there and we are um, renovating the other half and and surviving. I mean, <laughs> hanging on by a thread. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> because how many kids do you guys have living in we the house with you? We have three kids. I have a 16 year old daughter, an 11 year old daughter and a four year old son. There you go. And And two dogs and people that walk in our front door every single day. Because they think it's a store. 
And so we just oh, like, no. it's fine. I mean, it's totally fine. We have like no hard feelings about it because right. it would be a really cool store. Like I would walk into oh, it. Oh my also. gosh. But people always feel horrible. So we just have like, it's kind of a circus at our house. <gasps> okay, wait, why don't you put a sign out front? Well, okay, that's a great question. So I've <laughs> tried to figure out what the sign would say, but also most people probably aren't going to see the sign before they open the door. Because that's just... That's not true. Well... We can figure this out together, Okay, we'll figure it out. But it needs to be something that's, like, cute and funny and not rude. Yeah, yeah, totally. Kitschy fun. Totally. But what if you make a sign that just says closed and then put something in, like, the front thing that says, like, open, you know, your hours of operation and just say, like, only when we invite you. This is actually (laughs) a resident. So I thought about doing something... Like, a lot of people suggest a closed sign. But that makes me feel bad because then people will have the expectation that it will be open. I agree with that. So Uh, I think that's not, it needs to say like private residence, but something like that I don't think people would see unless it was like at eye level. Or they think Uh it was something they could purchase within the store. Oh my gosh. That private (laughs) residence sign at the Merc is everything. Right. Yeah. It's like a whole thing. So for now we just let them come in if the front door is unlocked, which is fine because they like make it in the entryway and then they look. And see the kitchen, and they're like, oh, what? And then they look and see my office that always looks like a bomb went off. Of course. And they're like, this isn't right. This and doesn't feel good. And then usually, at this point, I come in, and I'm like, hey, how's it going? <laughs> Is there anything I can help you with? And they're like, um, when are you open? And then I say, actually, this isn't a store. It's our house. And then they feel horrible. Of course. Of which course. I feel bad that they feel bad, because of course they think it's a store. It is a store. <laughs> right. It's a building that looks like a store. Like, it's. You guys, I'm just trying it's to imagine this life of having people just walk in, mm-hmm. which both of Becky and I both have open door. I, I was going to say, I feel pretty much like that happens. But, there, but there's house. a completion to the sentence. Walking and expecting to be able to shop. Right. Like, mm-hmm. I would feel so bad disappointing them that there's well, nothing to buy. Right. Maybe a bin full of notebooks at my house. Maybe. And yes. yours. I have <laughs> so many plants that people think it's a plant store. Oh, my gosh. I and so love that. It's, so I'll, like, tell them it's not a plant store. There's a really great one right up the street, Moss and timber like you know i'm trying to be like kind of because it's awkward walking into somebody's house you're and not knowing funny. you're like the neighborhood that. concierge is what you are people walk <laughs> totally. in and they're like well let me tell you where i can go you have to go oh, get all this stuff. at dutchman's you yeah. have to go to moss and timber i love that oh, yeah. oh, that's so funny so, okay so, so this cool. uh, if you guys can't tell already like you're getting a pretty clear painted picture of the Googler home. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like so this true. is your life. It's this is life. kind of fun. Yeah. Yeah, we so, just do projects and And by we, you mm. do the work with your husband, right? I do. Okay. Yes. So maybe he speak works, to that for a minute. Yeah. So my husband Courtney is the best. He works with me full time. So we do everything like he helps me with builds and different projects like that. We have some stuff in our online shop and he like builds and fulfills all of the shop orders so he's Amazing. he's like my partner in crime for that sure that is my dream in all the ways it's right because you guys do life together you do family together you do work yeah. together yeah we're just together all the time That's which great. always like if i shouldn't say always it frequently elicits the response like oh i could never do that mm. like i don't like my husband that much and i'm like <laughs> i get it <laughs> But, but also, but also, like we figured it out, yes. and it's great. Oh, I love that. That yes. would totally be yes my dream for our anniversary each year. We tackle like a DIY project. Oh, it's kind of our thing we do. Yeah, so, so fun. fun. We're running out of DIY projects in this house. Oh, I'm pretty sure you could just peruse her site or Instagram and be real inspired real fast. Maybe we'll just build another house. It's a good or idea. Or there's that. Yep. Or in buy Hawaii. a Merc. 
or by Merck that oh, will never be done. Oh, I should not done. have even planted the seed because <laughs> we just finished our windows. office, and that was so much fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys could I really could. Anyway, we <laughs> digress. <laughs> yeah, I was so we digress. Back, back to Mandy's story. Um, back to your journey. Let's kind of talk about your journey and your background because that's that is really kind of the work and the focus that you have now. Maybe back it up a little bit to the journey that you've had that has then become a piece of the sharing totally. that you do online mm-hmm. that integrates with the work that you yeah. do. Yeah. So something that I really strongly believe is that. Um, God has blessed me with this talent and platform because I am not scared to talk about hard real life stuff. Mm -hmm. So when I moved to Southern Utah to go to college, I met my husband and he was addicted to prescription pain pills. And I was so naive and young and full of optimism, which I still am, but like a different kind of naive yeah. everything and um and I thought that I could like fix him and love him and make him better and fill whatever hole in his heart that he was filling with drugs with my love and devotion mm-hmm. and it just doesn't actually work like that unfortunately mm-hmm. um so for quite a long time we were just in the throes of addiction and um so I talk about that a lot because I think it's important for people to know that everybody has stuff going on and if you're willing to share what you are going through, it just makes people feel comfortable to and like able to talk to you about it. And mm. no one wants to feel like they're alone ever. And no one is alone. Right. Right. So it opens that door That's for a lot of people. And yeah. You know, we talk about all the time. Shame thrives in the dark. Right. And yep. whether you're going through addiction or know someone that is or your spouse is or your child is or you are hiding it and kind of cowering into it like makes it that much worse Mm -hmm. and it can it can keep that cycle just perpetuating over and over and over again yeah there's a saying in aa that is you're only as sick as your secrets and it's just so true Mm -hmm. like you get it all out and you're do you know what I love about that is I feel like that statement applies to every one of us we Mm -hmm. all have secrets we all have you know I talk about a lot because I find a lot of power in talking about my deep deep dark secrets of like you know, those, those voices in your head that are just the worst things you ever think. But, um, I think it's interesting because I think we tend to marginalize addiction where there's Mm -hmm. like heroes and villains and like weak people and strong people. Mm -hmm. But really like this is the human condition and we are all dealing with that to some some degree. Mm -hmm. And for some, yes, clinically it gets to a place of addiction, but these principles apply to every single one of us. And so I would encourage the listener as they're listening to like really challenge your thinking of like, of trying to marginalize this and put it into a box and really think about how this applies to you. Cause I know myself that totally resonates with me a hundred percent. And I, I'm in my deep, dark secrets all the time and, and feel like I am so open with them and tell you guys all the things and still like, still mm-hmm. there's work to be done for me. So Mandy, have you always shared so openly like that? Cause I know that about you, but I, I didn't know you 10 years ago. So, mm-hmm. and yet you married him when he was already addicted. And so this mm-hmm. has always been a challenge in your adult life and your it's, married life. So yeah, at which always, point did you start sharing? It's always been a part of it. So when I started my blog, um, so back it up a little bit. So I met court and I loved him and I thought I could fix him and I couldn't. Um, we ended up getting married um, a year and a half after we met, I was pregnant with our oldest daughter, who's now 16. Mm-hmm. And I just didn't know what 
complications that brought into life. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. you feel like it's like us against the world and we can tackle anything and it will be fine. And I didn't understand what the harsh reality of addiction actually was like. Um, and I think he honestly didn't either sure. because, you know, we were both raised in like really religious families and we just didn't understand. Mm-hmm. And so when I, after we got married, um, we got married in February and in May I was about six months pregnant and I got a phone call and he had been arrested and was gone for the following six months in mm. rehab in an inpatient treatment center and in jail and um, I remember when Ivy was born, they he was in treatment at that time, and they brought him down to the hospital, and he walked in, and he had on leg shackles mm-hmm. and handcuffs. And I, if you can imagine um, someone who was just trying to get a handle on what life was like, to be, like, brought into this room where you have like your wife who just right before you got there had given birth and then you now have this baby and all of your family and just like the stress of it I can't even imagine I can't imagine how hard that must have been so he was there for like an hour and a half and then they took him back to treatment and um when he got out Ivy was about mm, I think she was like three months old and he was sober for three years after that. But there's a huge difference between sobriety and recovery. Mm-hmm. Sobriety is like he wasn't using pills, but he was not in recovery. Like, that's, I think, one of the biggest myths with addiction is that it's not about the substance or the, it's not about, like, looking at pornography or drinking or Food, food, or yeah. whatever it is. It's yeah. not about like the the action. It's about the underlying behaviors and like character weaknesses and the way that you see yourself and all of that stuff. That the act the act of using or participating in the addiction is just like a result of these symptoms that you that you have inside Mm -hmm. thank you for explaining that and I want can I just throw in one more example because a lot of people who are listening may not feel like they even have that problem in their life with a loved one or themselves and I want to mention one more that is probably a more common addiction that people don't identify with but they should Mm -hmm. and there's an addiction with social media and I don't mean like just Mm -hmm. the use of social media I mean the feedback from Mm -hmm. social media that's a very real addiction as well so just as you're listening you probably are affected in one way or another directly or indirectly by anything that's been listed and also there's others so for sure this is applicable to everyone yep yeah so thanks for explaining the difference yeah especially with recovery so once he got home um that was when my addiction really kind of went into overdrive And I am a codependent, which usually behind every good addict, you will find a codependent that is trying to keep it all together and um, step in and, like, be the savior and also the punisher and the one who's, like, trying to control everything. And and I didn't realize that that's what I was doing. I was like, I just love my husband and... So are you saying you mm. didn't identify with being codependent? I didn't. I didn't even okay. know that it was a thing. So um, it took – so for three years, Court was sober, and my codependency was out of control. I was mm. crazy um, because I didn't want him to use again. So I, like 
you thought you could control the situation yes. so much so that it would create that's what i was gonna ask yeah like what the, what does that look right. like, like what you, was so crazy about your behavior if in that you time? create a situation where he can't get pills mm-hmm. then he won't be an addict and then you'll have a happy mm-hmm. life and marriage and everything will be fine and that's just not the reality because using is not that's not the problem the problem is not the pills the problem is his character weaknesses and like Mm -hmm. what it is inside of him that is making him want to change his behavior and that's what he's using and so um so we kind of struggled with that so he was sober for three or he was so he was sober for three years um and then ended up relapsing kind of off and on over the next like two years and finally um and he had been going to aa off and on and I'd gone to Al-Anon off and on and um, it just wasn't working and you know as a codependent I can say like I was a very good codependent and if it was possible to change or control somebody's behavior I would have done it I would have figured it out it would have worked a hundred percent because it was like everything to me yeah was him not using but it didn't work because it's not supposed to work like that and I have to stop and draw a parallel here that's coming to my head of like being a mom uh-huh. and doing that with your struggling kids. Oh, yeah. Right. We can totally unpack yeah, and we're, that later. We're going to go there. But I want to I want to <laughs> totally mm-hmm. plant that seed because to be quite honest with you and being vulnerable, like I totally have identified and we've talked about this a lot in, in previous episodes related to cancer, but I totally relate to that codependency and wanting to control the environment so mm-hmm. that failure is not an option. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of moms to varying degrees can probably relate to that. And like mm-hmm. you said, for the very best reasons. Right. And like loving your children. For or sure. Without realizing it. Totally. Yeah. Or totally. wanting to be that way. But yep. it just happens. Yeah. Totally. So um, we found ourselves in the LDS 12-step addiction recovery program meetings and um i remember the first meeting that we ever went into the missionaries who are like the people serving and kind of facilitating the meeting they were so kind to us and so wonderful and like we walked in and they just gave us this giant hug and i it was shocking Hmm. because everybody in our lives we were such a mess Hmm. that we were like a tornado, especially Court. He was like a tornado. And people would just part when he would come into space because of his energy and, and the way that he treated everybody. And it was just really hard. And so to go to a place where people just loved you mm-hmm. unconditionally and didn't know your history and honestly didn't care. Mm-hmm. They cared about who you were today and who you wanted to become. Mm. Um, it changed everything. Wow. And so... How refreshing. It was amazing. So um, we went to those meetings off and on um, for about six months. And then he just wasn't, he just wasn't like doing it. And so I was getting ready to leave and. Um, for a trip or leave no, the marriage? No, like leave the marriage. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I, we had um, a baby that was like six months old at the time. So this is Dylan, my 11 year old now. Mm-hmm. Um, and. He was like, oh, she's, like, she's done. Right. And started going back to the meetings, and it changed everything. Like, he was actually ready to 
do it and be sober and be in recovery and work on all of his stuff and because of the idea of you leaving like what what was clicking inside I think that that was part of it Uh but there were a few um things that happened that were kind of a catalyst that had just like put these cracks in his Mm. very hard exterior Mm -hmm. and he he was just ready like he was turning 30 and he just needed something different like all the things that he had tried his he always says my best thinking got me in my worst places Mm. like the best idea that I had got me here so let's not go back there right um and so so we got involved in the 12-step program and um about let's see so I started vintage revivals right when we started going back to the 12-step meetings regularly. That was like in July. He got sober in September. And then in November, um, after the blog had been going for about six months and I was starting to like see some traffic and people Mm -hmm. like were following along, I felt very strongly that I needed to share Mm -hmm. our story, which is I look back and I'm like, man, that was ballsy. Like, right. we're yeah. two months into recovery. Right. Like, sure. what is... Sure. Yes. Especially with the track record. Yeah. Right. Of totally. trying that before. Well, you probably didn't even know that you were in recovery at that point, huh? No, like, you were still in that sure. period that was sobriety, maybe recovery. No, for sure it was recovery. And that's why I felt so confident mm. in it. Because for so many years, you know, you, you like, hope that they're doing better. And you, like, tell people, I think that... I think he's doing okay. But, like, when someone is in recovery... They are different. Their mm. whole countenance changes. You see a shift. Wow. Oh, it's like a completely different person. Wow. And Interesting. so I, he was different. He was a different person. And that mm. miracles made it so that I could, I felt comfortable doing it. And so I, and that's w- what I did. And you had to approach that with him at For some sure. point, yeah. obviously, yeah. right? But I, I'm curious how that went down because you felt it so strongly and we mm-hmm. all can relate to what that feeling is when you know like so strongly that you're supposed to mm-hmm. do something or open your mouth about something and then to make sure that the other person who's directly affected by mm-hmm. the sharing mm-hmm. is on board. What yep. was that conversation yeah. like? Um, I don't really remember what the actual conversation was like, but he was he's always very willing mm-hmm. to talk about his hard stuff if it will help somebody else Good. because that's oh, what that. helped Good him man. get better yes like other people sharing their stuff mm-hmm. in meetings and opening up and being vulnerable that's what made him feel like he was not alone and that he was not like yes he was broken but that he was not um unfixable mm-hmm. and do you think that that sharing component as you're talking about it, i have to wonder like is that sharing component and being at a place where you're really ready to like share your truth and be open um, and maybe not gratuitous, but being willing to share your struggle to help others. I almost feel like that might be like a marker of recovery. Like For I'm sure. not hiding in shame of this. Like it's, yeah, it's, good it's what I've been through. It's who I am. And it becomes like, that loving embrace, right? Like it becomes the embrace sure. that you can, that you can have for yourself and help others. Because you can, you can see where, and I still feel like this. I can see people who are where I was and I know the pain of being in that place and just letting them know like there is other places and it's really hard work and you have to figure it out but like yeah you can overcome this 
Um, I think that there's just so much hope in that. And our story for sure is not the norm, unfortunately, with addiction. I, um, I believe 100% that anybody can recover from addiction. Anybody. I don't care who you are. I don't care what you've done. I don't care what your circumstances are. Everybody can get into recovery. I'm so glad you shared that. Yeah, mm. 100%. Somebody needs that sense of hope yeah, right totally. now. It just comes down to willingness. Mm-hmm. Like, are you willing to do the work? Are you willing to turn it over? Are you know, whether it's um, through a, a church center program like the LDS program or whether it is through AA or NA or SA or any of those things like connection and understanding that you're not alone and that there's a higher power that is there to help you. Mm-hmm. It changes everything. So when I shared that, um, it was it was really healing for me to be able to write it all down and share it. Mm -hmm. And it also created a space with our followers and our readers where we, um, we just do that. We just talk about hard stuff. And I think that that's one thing with vulnerability is it's so hard to share the first time, Mm. like just to open your lips and, and put the words out there. But when you feel the relief and the, the connection that another person makes with what your garbage, mm-hmm. for lack of a better word, is, <laughs> yeah. people connect with your garbage and it makes you <laughs> yeah, feel, true. it makes you feel like everything that you went through can help somebody. Like every experience, good, bad, whatever that there is someone who can say, I understand that. Mm-hmm. And I, like, that's also my reality. Because that's the thing with addiction. And there's such a huge stigma associated with it. And the reality is that addiction is anything that pulls you away from peace. That mm. you are, like, repetitively doing that pulls you away from having peace in your life. And it's so counterintuitive. I've never heard of that before. Yeah, I haven't. And that really, mm. really think That's about really that. Cool. Anything that pulls you away from peace repetitively. Mm-hmm. The the really crazy thing is that um, that's why people use to, is to find peace. To like shut mm-hmm. up the voices in their brain to numb out from the reality of their crappy marriage. To like feel comfortable in a situation. Like they're looking for peace, but they're actually creating like this false sense of peace that they will it creates chaos it's like a moment of false peace that then creates chaos because peace is something that can't be manufactured correct like ever Mm -hmm. that's that's like well and then when you don't have that peace when that moment is over and the chaos comes back it drives you back for sure to the addiction behavior because again Mm -hmm. you're constantly seeking that what are some of the other stigmas about addiction that would be important to debunk right now? Um, that it only happens to people from, like, bad parts of town or broken marriages or people like, you know, an addict is is a bum that lives under the bridge with a right paper bag over his alcohol. Like, mm-hmm. the reality is that addiction affects every single one of us. I believe it 100%, whether you or someone whether it's you or someone that you care about, they are dealing with addiction. Um, there's always people 
that that are in it and I think um the saddest part is it ties back into that you're only as sick as your secrets it's just not necessary like addiction is a temporary hopefully a temporary reality in your life but it's not it doesn't have to be a permanent place that you exist like recovery Mm. is real and it's amazing and it's worth every single effort but you have to just always be doing it where do you direct someone who um I mean, we're recording an episode of a podcast, right? Mm-hmm. We've got a listener who is like, I, I'm so ready. I'm so mm-hmm. ready to work this out, whether it's my own addiction or someone else's addiction, somebody that I love so, so much. What is the first step? And I know that that's a broad question because it depends on yeah. the addiction and the For scenario sure. and there's so many different factors, but what would you advise someone to be considering for at least that first step? Um, so AA and um, Al-Anon are such a great resource like it's an inspired program they both are and um if I would say that's a great place to start if you are like we're members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and um, they have a program that's adapted from AA so if you are of that faith that is a great resource so great um, are they open to people who are not? Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah, you don't have to be. You don't have to be a member of the. So it's the another resource. To do that. Yeah. Yes. Um, it just and it's free. I will also yes. say, like, oh yeah, it's a free. Yep. I think all these are free yep. resources. But mm-hmm. um, I would say also like if you, there's just for sure like therapists and but I think it's so important to have a, a group meeting. Honestly, like. Do you think it goes back to the whole sharing component that oh, we've been 100%. weaving throughout this conversation, right? The opening of the mouth, the mm-hmm. articulation of the issue, the sharing of the pain, like mm-hmm. there's something to that, right? Well, it's just so it's just so much easier to connect with people when they are vulnerable because it creates softness and it creates um almost like sorry, I'm like a very visual person so I can like see this, yeah. but it creates like a texture in your relationship mm. that you can cling to. If it, mm. if someone is like so pulled like everything together and they have like this facade and hard and they only share good, like that's a very smooth surface and it's mm. it's n- kind of impenetrable a little bit yeah. to connect with. Like you have to have some cracks and like something to grab onto. Oh my gosh. So when you like open This is the best analogy on ever. the planet. <laughs> hey, thanks. I and, just made and, it up. No, <laughs> for like for real, you've never spoken to No, her? yeah. Andy, really you cool. don't even know how inspired that is. Do you guys <laughs> get you. it? Do you get what she's saying? Like that's the most beautiful mm-hmm. visual for me to connect with somebody else. I have to have something to grab onto. Yes. There has to be a crack. There has to be some grip, some yeah. grit, right? So, oh my gosh, keep going. Sorry. Yeah, no, <laughs> it's so enthralled. I just, I think that that is something I was talking to one of my friends today. Like if we led with what our hard stuff was, like if that was in our Instagram bio or if that was something like that we, you know, wore on a t-shirt or that we openly opened our mouth to share, like this is my hard stuff that I'm going with, going through like how easy is it to connect with someone who is in that place? Mm-hmm. Because you, we all are there. Like we mm-hmm. all have 
hard stuff. And by me sharing my stuff that we are going through, that gives you permission to share your stuff and also not feel bad about it because I will accept you. Even if the other people don't, like I'm your sister in it and it's, you're not alone. And so it just, it's like a ripple effect. And if we would do that, if we would do that on social media, if we would do that first, way before social media, if we would do that within our relationships with like our family Mm -hmm. and our friends and our people that we see, you know, all the time in our lives, then it becomes, um, you get like the, what's the right word? Well, you increase in your closeness, yes, right? Yes, you see the result of vulnerability. Mm. Like it has the cause and effect. You get to see that. So then when you share it in larger circles and Mm -hmm. larger, and you just, you know that it's affecting somebody. And Okay, I have a but. Okay. Okay, and I'm representing someone listening. Cool, bring it. So, but... (laughs) What if I am scared to be vulnerable right. because I will be judged or I will be ridiculed or I will be mocked or I will, mm-hmm. right? Like there's not For a sure. human Or if you're the- thinking like me talking about it is not going to help me because it's going to, like then people are right. going to judge me. So, right. And it could not just be about judgment. Right. It could be about like ridicule that could hurt people that we For love. Sure. Or, mm-hmm. I'm just saying there's yeah. a big but oh, there that a lot there of people is a that huge will but. feel. Yeah. And I will be the first to tell you that I don't think that every person needs to broadcast all of their stuff on Please social don't. media. Please don't yeah. everybody. <laughs> yeah. You don't. Not all the things. You don't need to do that. If yeah. you, if you feel um, inspired to do that, do it yes but if you don't then that's okay like you can still be you know yourself and authentic and whatever that's fine you don't have to do that and you can have your private places of vulnerability that are so so important to have nothing to do with media yes and if it's if you don't feel comfortable opening up to people in your life then go to a 12-step meeting because that is literally what they are there for like they say in every meeting like this is anonymous what is shared here stays here and people follow that and mm. it's important the anonymity and um you just you only introduce yourself by your first name you don't like like as so my husband and I um served as missionaries for the the 12 step program for seven and a half years it's amazing Mandy it's, it's awesome That's and so it's cool. the best thing of our whole life like I'm so oh. grateful that we got to do that but we would see people, you know, at Home Depot because we go to Home Depot a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and we, because of the anonymity, like, we would say hi or, like, make eye contact and smile. But we, like, never would go up and yeah. yep. say, like, if they How came up doing? to us, then we yeah. would, like, for sure. D- right. But, like, we would never break the anonymity. Mm, and so beautiful. if you need someone to connect with, like, for sure go to a 12-step meeting because there are people there and that's, like, the whole purpose of it. That's amazing that they are able to retain the integrity of that part of the program. And they meaning everybody, everybody who participates or in your case, like you serve within a program like that, which is incredible. Um, Okay. So to that question, then um, somebody who's feeling fearful about that sharing and yet Mm -hmm. they know, they really know that by sharing, especially as they listen to you and your journey, that that is a piece that will help them grow closer to healing. Um, it's hard to say just get over yourself and share. Well, it's not right? even that. I think that it's so important to 
to open up, especially as you're just like beginning Mm -hmm. to do that, to open up to someone that you know is safe. Perfect. Mm -hmm. Like don't, don't just like go talk to your whole group of girlfriends and you know that like three of them are going to like talk about it. Mm -hmm. Right. Outside of, you know what I mean? Like that's Mm -hmm. not a great strategy. Perfect advice. But just find someone that's safe. And I feel like you know safe people, Mm -hmm. like you know their energy, you Mm -hmm. Even if it's someone that you're not wildly close with, if it's someone that feels safe, yeah, then that's like such a great place to start. I love that. Mm. I love that. Um, before we wrap up, Mandy, where do you um, share share where the journey has taken you and where you are right now when when it comes to somebody who's been who's had addiction as a part of their life for so many years? What does that look like for you guys now? And what are you currently doing? Um, as individuals and in your marriage and with your family to like continue thriving in life because it's never going to be totally perfect for anybody ever but what does it look like now what kind of things do you do to cultivate that best possible life so I've learned in all of my years in recovery I have learned that I am the only person that I can control Mm. and that I have to find peace in my life regardless of what is going on around me and that I can't control my teenage daughter. I can't control my four-year-old son. I can't control my husband. I can just control myself. And if everybody, if everybody would have that and want to be their best self, Mm -hmm. then it's just like the best type of Mm. relationships. You know what I mean? Totally agree. If everybody Mm -hmm. Because I'm not trying to fix you. Mm -hmm. I'm just loving you. Because I also love myself. Um, So I feel like there for sure is, um, in everything in life, there's ups and downs. And you have to just embrace it. Like, so currently, um, the, the most recent thing that we have kind of talked about a little bit is our daughter that, um, is 16. She's amazing. She's one of the strongest, best people that I know. And I love her so much. Um, but being a teenager is really hard. Yeah. So we've, we've kind of opened up about that and it's a completely different side of the coin with codependency when it's your child. Like now I'm working through all of this stuff again that I already worked through with my husband and Mm -hmm. like got our relationship and boundaries and all of that stuff in a great place. And now I get to like go to the next layer and the next layer. And I think that it's something that it's just the way life is. Um, The way that we're feeling right now today whether it's great or whether it's horrible, is temporary. Like, there is nothing in life that's permanent. Nothing. Everything is temporary. And so we just keep moving forward in hopes that when it's hard, it will get better. And knowing when it's good to just love the heck out of it because it probably will change. And that's okay, and that's part of all of it. Mm. <laughs> so there you go, guys. Right. <laughs> Drop the mic and run away right now. Run right. quick. I, I, there's just no question in my mind that 
I, I want to say I want to say the word someone, but it's really pluralized. That many many someones are so deeply impacted by not just your sharing in this conversation today on this episode of a podcast in the corner of, in this little corner of the world, but through all of the work that you've done, particularly you. as you and and Court have served yeah. for years, mm-hmm. served not paid, served. Yeah. In this capacity, as have many, many people through these programs that you've mentioned, AA being yeah. one of them. I'm just so grateful for people opening their mouths. Well, and that's you. a lot of our listeners, too. The best part about all of it, though, is that it has um, it has blessed our lives mm-hmm. so much more than, like, anything we could have ever shared with the world. Like, it has... It has changed us so much. Mm. And I'm so grateful for people who open up and talk about their stuff because then I know that I'm also not alone in the stuff that I'm dealing with. Yeah. And there's just so much. um, There's just like whether you believe in Satan or not or if this is like self-imposed, however you choose to believe. But like – we get caught in these really horrible cycles in our head of self-talk and like creating these situations and scenarios that just aren't real and things are blown out of proportion and we feel really horrible about ourselves. And the truth is that when you show someone that part of you and they say, that's okay, like I still love you, then all of the power and energy that you're putting into that, it has no place. It just goes away. Mm. And you can, it's it's just so powerful. And so I think that that is something, like, um, that I hope everyone got from our story is, like, we are not heroes or amazing or whatever, whatever for sharing. Like, it has it has benefited us way more than it's benefited the yeah. the rest of the world. And so it's probably very selfish. But um, in the very I'm, best possible way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm so grateful for people who also are selfish in their recovery and share their stuff yeah. too. Yeah. Because that's part of recovery. That's the 12th step. Like you share. Mm-hmm. And so I'm so grateful for people who worked recovery enough to get to that place to share because it gave me hope. So if there's, like, anybody getting any hope today, I'm so grateful for it. And that's, like, just us working our program. I love it. I think that we all, to some degree, and I know the takeaway for me is that we all, like, need to be working the program, honestly. Like, Uh, every person ever. Speak to that real quick, really, because I know you believe that. I believe it with my whole heart. The 12-step program is incredible, and it will help anyone in any situation ever. Like, it's what needs to be taught at church. It's what needs to be taught at school. It's what needs homes. to be taught in our homes. Mm. Like, it is the best way to become a better person. And it's like, it's it's like the actual steps. It's not even like these, you know, ideas that you have to figure out how to implement into your life. Like, they are actual steps that mm-hmm. you do and, like, actions that you take that create this healing and recovery and support and it's just so good 
I'm so grateful for amazing, inspired programs. Oh, totally. Right? It's everything. Yeah. So if I'm out there and I'm listening and I'm wondering like, oh, I kind of relate to some of that, but I really don't have an addiction or is that a person who you feel like would be welcomed into or does that person need to be afraid if they walked no, into a 12-step totally... that they would be judged for not being no. prescription pain pill addicted right. or, you know what I'm saying? That's a great question. So everybody is welcome to a 12-step program meetings and my favorite part is when like a normal I'm like she's using air quoting guys when a normal person comes to a meeting and they come and they come a few times and then after the meeting they or one during their sharing they say oh my gosh like why aren't they teaching this in church? Right. This is so For everybody. Yes. Yeah. And it just makes me laugh because I'm like, I know, dude. <laughs> I know. It's good. If only it's good stuff. If you only. take this and you go share it. Yes. yes. And, and that's the key. We are going to make sure mm-hmm. in the show notes to include information about how you can find out um, the 12 step program that Mandy was referring to that our church does. In addition to um, Al-Anon and yep. AA, yep. we'll put um, some resources there. So if you're thinking this is something you want to check out, which I'm going to be honest. I am totally going to check it out. Every, like I'm really, everybody needs yeah. to go. I'm really wanting to to make me a better person. I'm, mm-hmm. I have things that are unresolved, as we all do, and I want to be the best human For being sure. and the best mom and understand how to how to be a better human being. Well, and what yep. do we talk about in every episode of the show is how to cultivate a good life. And you have illustrated for us so perfectly Thank how you. this is one piece, one way, mm-hmm. and one profound way that everybody has an opportunity to cultivate an even more uh, elevated mm-hmm. life, sure. a, a more mm-hmm. elevated version of their life than before by just being in, positioning themselves to be receptive to this type of information and to involve themselves in a program mm-hmm. like that. For sure. Thank you so much, Mandy. Of course. Oh if anyone gosh. wants to, they can go to Vintage Revivals and read our full story. We've got like... What do they search? Or um, is it just it's re- just on the sidebar. It's Perfect. just like my like our real life story with addiction or they can search mm-hmm. addiction. Like Not it, hard to find on their website. Yeah. <laughs> and, and where are you on Instagram as a reminder? Vintage Revivals on Instagram. Um, but yeah... Like, if anyone wants to, like, go read the nitty-gritty details of what our life was like and what we kind of went through, that's all on the internet for anyone to read. (laughs) Thank goodness for the internet. This is how the internet should be used. It is, because someone's going to read this and listen to this and not feel alone, and they're going to understand next steps they can take when they feel like they have no more steps to take. For sure. There are steps. For sure. Thank you again, Mandy. We love you so much, man. We're better because of you. And friends, thank you for carving out the time to listen and for joining us in this continued conversation about cultivating a good life. Nothing we have said is more important than the specific things you have felt that are personal for you. We invite you to write down those promptings you feel and most importantly, act on them. We love you. We're cheering you on and we look forward to being with you next week. Bye-bye. Bye, guys. Bye.